What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Dimitri Starks, back in the building with another episode of Operation Hero Talk, the number one podcast for the nerds, the nerdettes, the blurs, the blurdettes, and of course, the weebs and the weebettes. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing out there today? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing great. I hope you're highly blessed and highly favored. Um, today, we've got a very special episode. I apologize uh, for the week uh, that I took off. I was taking a social media uh, promotion course that I found on this great website called uh, Umidi. Um, I would recommend you guys uh, definitely check out the site. They have a bunch of legit courses, not the ones that these fake gurus be selling on YouTube. Um, get a lot of great information, um, a lot of the things that I'm looking forward to um, doing with the episodes and the YouTube videos. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. I apologize for not putting out an episode last week. But we are back. We are back in the building and we are here to bring you, uh, you know, some great content. So let's get into it. Uh, it is Anime Week. That's right, it's Anime Week, ladies and gentlemen. And today, I guess, uh, today, honestly, I wanted to do a very special character uh, that's near and dear to me, mainly because I discovered this anime when I was, uh, I discovered this anime around 2017, 2018, when I was going through a pretty rough time personally. Um, and, um, you know, this uh, anime was one that I watched that uh, definitely got me through those tough times when I was living in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, so, Today, we are talking about the main character of said anime, because it is anime week. Um, we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, the the harbinger of death, the, the man that says if you cross him, that is the quickest way to the grave. We are talking about the undead boss hog. I'm talking about slim thug type boss status, right? I'm, of course, talking about the man... The well, the skeleton, the myth, the legend, Lord Ains Ulgon, formerly known as Lord Mamanga. Now, before we get into it, as always, please subscribe. Uh, please subscribe uh, to the play. I'm sorry. Please subscribe to the podcast uh, so you can so uh, new episodes automatically download as we post them. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, feel free to hit the subscribe button as well as hit the bell so you'll know when we drop a video on this. Uh, on podcasts and on my individual videos that I like to do when I talk about, uh, quite frankly, whatever the hell I want to talk about. <laughs> so, with that being said, with that being said, let's get into this. Now, uh, first uh, half an hour will be just uh, going over, you know, some um, general facts about uh, Lord Ains, as I'm gonna call him throughout this episode, because Ains Ulgone, man, that's. That's a long name, okay? That's like a tribe call quest, okay? I, I, I pick very carefully when I say that name, okay? Because I don't feel like saying the whole thing. Right? It's like a tribe call quest, a pimp name slick back, Ainz gone. okay? That's 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 what's happening here. So, uh, Lord, just gonna go over some some interesting facts about uh, Lord Ainz, and then um, in the second uh, half an hour, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about uh, you know things that have happened thus far in the anime uh i know that the manga is definitely harder um, than the anime duh as usual but um i won't uh go too far into uh that even though i've read that as well i don't want to spoil too much so if you've seen the anime if you've seen the anime um not gonna spoil anything i'm really not gonna spoil anything for you i'm just gonna recap what's happening there um if you uh have not seen the anime i would recommend you go see it because it's pretty damn good um, so with that being said, let's get into this. Now, 
it's interesting. It seems to me that in the superhero society that we have now today, in today's society, basically, how we view superheroes and supervillains is is kind of it's different now, right? Duh. Because I think the biggest part about it is that glasses a little glasses are a little smudgy here. I think the biggest part about it is that we understand where the bad guys are coming from, why they do what they do, right? Because a lot of times, I think I think a common a common theme of what you see, a common theme of what you see is that bad guys didn't want to be bad. Something happened. Something pretty bad happened, and this is <laughs> this is the route that they ultimately ended up taking, right? But in video games, it kind of works a little different, right? Usually. Especially in the magical games, you know, magical like magical games like like Elden Ring, Dark Souls, um, Diablo. You know, these these bad guys are usually just bad and have been bad since they were created, right? In Overlord, um, the magical the world that they play in, the video game world that they play in, uh, is called Yggdrasil, and um. You know, it's I would the, the closest I could describe it as is a virtual reality game because you can insert yourself into the game. Obviously, in the in the in the show, it's a little bit more complicated than that, right? Because you can actually insert yourself into the game. Like your consciousness, your conscious can become the character. Kind of like it's kind of like involves a little bit of the singularity, a little bit, right? Um, and so basically, when this game was first created, right? You know, naturally, those that weren't undead characters went after characters that weren't that were undead, because it was such a it was such a black and white line of good and evil, good and evil, right? We're all players just trying to play the game, right? This is kind of, I'm, I'm giving you a little bit of a backstory on how Ains became Ains. Um, this uh, this this you know, so you would have. Heroes, knights, etc. Uh, characters that were human going after character, characters that were inhuman, and the game became biased, became skewed because these non—if you were a non-human, and it, it was just a character you you chose, you you just thought it was cool to be a non-human, right? But because of that, you were hunted down, and this is where we get into the story. This is where our main character comes in. Uh, our main character, along with 41 or 42, 40, it's 41 or 42, other undead characters decided that they were going to form a group to protect themselves, right? And in doing so, they became the most powerful group in Yggdrasil. And, you, I mean, man, you want to talk about commitments? Listen to me. I love playing video games. Okay? I love playing video games. I would never use my PTO to play video games. <laughs> okay? That's that's not gonna happen. But that that was but that was the dedication, 
right? That was the dedication that they had for this game, right? They used P they used PTO to, to craft powerful weapons, to run missions, to get powerful items. You know, they were an act that operated as an actual guild. And, and Lord Irons, the character we're talking about today, he was the leader, right? He was the de facto leader and the undisputed leader. He was the leader, right? And so, like all games, you know, it eventually gets old. GTA 5 has been old. They just haven't came out with GTA 6 yet. <laughs> and the game is about to get shut down. The game is about to get shut down. And not only does it get, sh not only is it about to get shut down, but before this even happens, uh, I think, yeah, it was 40, 41, right? Yeah, 40, 41 of the members quit. They were, they were done. They were gone. Just, just think about, think about, if, think about if you were as invested in a game, more invested in the game, as invested in the game as, uh, as the character, the, I don't know his real name, that, uh, that plays Ainz and Idrisil was in the game, right? Because the way it was an escape for him, uh, it was an escape for him in real life. His real life kind of sucked as he, as he said, I'm just saying what he said. His uh, real life kind of sucked. So he used this game to get away from that. And he became one of the most powerful characters in the game. And he loved his group. He loved, they were his friends. They were his friends. And then poof, most of them were, were done. They were gone. But think emotionally about what that would do to you, right? It was, it was hard, but you can't tell them to stay, all right? Maybe they have their reasons why they're leaving. So he's dealing with that. <laughs> so he's dealing with that. So, and that's, and that's pretty much where we come in. Right, that's pretty much where we come in, where the viewer comes in, is um, the, the game, it's the last day of the game, it's about to get shut down. Um, 41 of the members have quit, and uh, I don't know what happens, I don't, well, Ainz is still there, obviously, and um, I don't know what happened to the other two members. Um, I feel like we're going to run into one of the other two members, but, you know, who knows, we still, still, still a long while ago, we've been waiting for season four for four years, but anyways... <laughs> this is difficult it takes us it takes us on a on, a, on an emotional trip right from the uh, the first episode right if you've seen the anime let's let's i'm sorry i'm, I'm jumping i'm jumping the gun here i apologize listeners i'm jumping the gun let's get into <laughs> i'm still going who is he? Who, what is he about? How does he? What what does he do? Right? Who is he? What is he about? What does he do? Now, Isolgon is the leader of the Tomb of Nazarek, which is where the group before the group left, most of the group left, operated. This is this this was their pretty much house, right? Their dungeon. Now, keep this in mind. Um, the Tomb of Nazarek was actually a a level that you had to beat so somehow 
And I don't know if he did this with his teammates or by himself, but somehow Ainz uh, found a way to conquer the Tekunan League, and then they ended up ruling it, staying there and ruling it, and nobody could beat them, basically. Um, so that's just a fun fact. Um, fun fact. But anyways, um, he's the he's the leader. He is the most powerful. He's a sorcerer. He's a magic caster, um, which means that he cannot um, he cannot um, wield the sword. Uh, be, be a warrior. He's not because he's not a warrior class, so he can't he can't wear armor. A warrior armor. They can't have warrior weapons. He's a, he's a magic caster, right? There are, there are rules in here. You can there's magic that allows you to change your, your uh, class, but that's you know that still counts as magic. <laughs> so. With that being said, uh, he's a good, he's a magic user, a very powerful magic user, the most powerful magic user, and he carries around this giant stack. And I'll put a picture. I'll put a picture um, here, here, <laughs> so you can so you guys can see the staff. Um, the staff of Einzelgon. That's the, that's the staff. Now remember, the staff is called Einzelgon, but this was back when he was being called Lamont still, right? So. Um, that staff just that the, the the comment I made about PTO earlier, yeah, they they the members of the former members of this guild took out personal paid time off to grind materials to make the staff. That's how staff. That's how powerful the staff is, and how long it took them to make it. Right? God bless them. I ain't doing that shit. But either way. Um, <laughs> either way, um, the staff is powerful. Um, and the NPCs, the NPCs, so he rules over all the NPCs, right? He has, uh, knowledge over how pretty much most of them were built and who built them, which is a good, which is a good, a good thing as well. Um, well, I mean, which is a, 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 a pretty powerful, a pro like pretty powerful thing, you know, knowledge, right? Um. He also, and I, and I think this kind of got swept under the rug a little bit, but he also knew what each one of his guild members did. He knew their strengths, their weapons, how to use them. It's kind of similar to, it's kind of, if I can compare it to anything, I would compare it to, um, I would compare it to Batman and how he knew how to uh, uh, exploit the Justice League's uh, weaknesses. Because you have to have, as Nick uh, Nick Fury would say, a deterrent, right? <laughs> you gotta have a you gotta have a backup, just in case the good guys aren't good anymore, right? Um, but he's 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 a character that's always prepared, um, never expects the worst, but is always prepared for it, right? Um, a little bit of an, an airhead, seeing as he doesn't really plan ahead. Um, too well, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit, a little bit, like in like three minutes. I'll get into that, why that is. Um, and what does he do? So basically, he he has the final say on all decisions as it comes to the tomb. Everything from how the guild spent money to how they uh, ran missions 
to um, you know how goods and so how goods and services are divided and, and um, divided up amongst them. He was the final had the final say. Um, and he was a good leader, right? He was chosen as a leader. Right? He was chosen as a leader. He was a good leader. Um, he was fair, and <laughs> it's kind of difficult because it's kind of difficult because um nobody was ever able to defeat the tomb nobody was ever able to get through them because these characters these undead these undead characters this guild was very powerful right they built themselves up to be powerful because they didn't really have a choice because the non-undead characters kept hunting them down and killing them good versus bad but then who's really the bad is it the is it the undead the is it the people who's playing who's just the end of the people who just playing this video game and chose to become undead undead characters because eh, why not or is it the human characters who automatically assume that the undead people are bad guys because hey they're undead if you don't look human you must be a bad guy Facts. <laughs> yeah let that let that uh let that rattle around in the old noggin see see yeah get back to me when you have a thought on that but he was also uh irons was also a fighter uh he, he could get involved when he needed to um fair ruthless when he needs to be now let th this kind of this kind of all goes into this kind of all goes into the um into the story itself because you need to understand what he does and how he is and how he is to understand the decisions that come later on in the story. Um, he takes the game very seriously because once again, uh, and I'm just, I'm quoting him. I'm just quoting him. This is all he has. <laughs> this is all he has. Just literally, just, just work. He works his normal job that he does when he's not in the game. And then he, when he gets home, he plays the game. That's, that's what he does, right? And he's damn good at it. But you know, you know, it's hey, it is what it is, right? And then at some point, I don't know when they haven't described it yet. I don't know why. We don't really know why a lot of the characters quit, right? He mentioned that some of the some of the characters were some of the the guild members were able to make their dreams come true. Um, at the end of the day, I can't blame them for choosing real life over the game, but he chose the game. He chose the game. It's like the game is my reality. It's kind of like Inception. The dream has become has become their reality, right? <laughs> this game is essentially who he is. He's good at it. He knows it. He's he's everything about it he loves why would he why would he want to leave and go back to real life where there's nothing but disappointment right it's kind of crazy isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of crazy but i mean it it, it does it, it it be like that sometimes for people right but it's it's all about to go away the game's about to be about to be shut down he's sad he misses his friends. He wishes that the game, he wishes that the game wouldn't um, 
be going away, but I mean, who the hell is he? You can't stop this, right? So he's he's come to terms with it, you know. Um, well, back to real life, I guess, right? That's his attitude. Oh, he's the he's the ruler over the NPCs and the creator of uh, Pandora's actor, and we'll get into we will get into Pandora a little later because Pandora is a Pandora's actor is a strange, just god awful strange character. But I mean, he created him, so whatever. Um, Pandora's actor um, watches over watches over the treasury, so that's his. So basically, his 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 uh job is to to kill anybody that gets makes it to the treasury <laughs> basically um also um Ainz is a character who decided basically what guardians would guard what floor and um where they would be and where they would be if you know what? What parts of the what parts of the tomb they would defend if people were to break in? Basically, that that like if you know if it's 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 a level. So we've all been through been through levels and multiplayer games and role playing games. Um, you know if you every, it seems like every new room you go to there's an obstacle, there's a, a new character for you to get past. Um, and so and he was basically the primary decision maker on that. So he basically uh, decided what NPCs guarded uh, what areas and the NPCs are very character very uh very powerful so he was very strategic in where he put them in what floors they were supposed to guard um nine there nine floors in the tomb Najarik he had he had the ultimate decision uh ultimate final say on each one Now, as far as the the guy who plays Iron Zulzon, you know, the kid in in the, the kid, I, the actual person, IRL in real life, if you didn't know, not much is known about him. Not really. I, I don't. They really don't go into much detail. <laughs> um, I'm hoping they do expound on that um, a little bit. I I haven't read the light novels for this um for this anime, so I really couldn't tell you what. I really couldn't tell you what, like, personal things about the character himself. I just know about Ainz. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just know, I just know about Ainz. Uh, what else can I, what else can I say about, oh, uh, undead. So, he, he's undead, so, meaning he doesn't, doesn't eat, doesn't sleep. Um, no feelings, no feelings or emotions and, and you know, and all this, all, all senses of that term so basically meaning he he don't got no 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 depression no anxiety no sex drive no none of that he's undead he's neutral right he's completely neutral so sad hey, sad but true but but that's that's after the game um doesn't end surprisingly but he is uh it opens up with the last day of the game and, and he is sad because he realizes that everything that they did everything that they've built over the years is finally is is going away and there's nothing he can do about it damn that's a sad feeling ain't it that's a sad feeling 
You know, I, you know what I kind of got that feeling from when I played Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm not even gonna jack you. When I played Dragon Age Inquisition, that was the first game where I actually like invested in the character and <laughs> my character and like getting into straight beast level modes. And then, and then, basically, no more. Obviously, you know, the DLCs got to stop somewhere, but you know, no more DLCs, no more chances to level up. It, I mean, it was just done. And I was sad. I was sad. Weirdly. So I, I get, I get what I'm trying to say is I relate to this character, right? And I, I think we, if you've ever been in that situation, please feel free to, to comment. You know, let's share the struggle. Yeah. Right? Let's share this depression. I ain't gonna cry. But, you know, you can cry if you want. I ain't gonna stop. Do your thug physics. But, <laughs> but, uh, in a nutshell, that's who, that's who I am now uh we're gonna take a short break and then um we're gonna come back uh just you know do a quick ad read really quickly and then we'll come back and um talk a little bit more about what's what has progressed in the story and what uh some some pretty cool things and pretty horrible <laughs> pretty horrible uh things that Ainz has done so far um in the story so with that being said, uh, don't go anywhere. Um, we will be right back. And uh, yeah, come back with your popcorn, please. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Operation Hero Talk, the number one podcast for the nerds the nerdettes the blurs the blurdettes the weebs and the weebets and today we are talking about lord Ains Ulgon, the emperor of death himself the ruler of the great tomb of nazarik the greatest overlord ever i think that's the episode title maybe i'll work on it but <laughs> let's not waste no time let's get into it once again uh if you like the episode if you like the podcast go ahead and uh Add, the add us to your library um, so you'll know when we drop an episode. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and the bell so you'll know when we drop a video on this YouTube channel. Either way, let's get back into it. So, the game shuts down. Or does it? No, it doesn't. So, <laughs> the game doesn't shut down and he is looking all kinds of confused, right? And we learn that, uh, we learn that, we, we don't learn why the game didn't shut down, but apparently um, the tomb of Nazareth, it's a big tomb, guys. It's a huge tomb. Um, it's been uh, transferred basically to a different world. And immediately, what what you should know is immediately, Eins gets on 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 uh, on uh, decision mode. Like he's quick. I need to start making decisions. Right, he has the surroundings. He has the surroundings um, investigated, investigated to see where they are. He, you know, um, at, after he's done freaking out at the fact that his NPCs can talk now and have emotions and smells and and um, you know, actually, you know, uh, fucking talk. <laughs> Did I mention talk? Yeah, they talk now, which kind of freaks him out. Um, but essentially, um, basically, uh, 
he realizes that something's not right, right? The game was supposed to shut down, it's not shut down, and not only is it not shut down, now my NPCs can talk, and uh, we have been transferred to a different world, and I cannot access any of the game functions that I, can, I used to be able to access when it was a game. So, instead of panicking, he, well, he does panic, but then eventually he calms down, and he's like, okay, yeah, I should freak out, and I did, but at the end of the day, the tomb needs to be protected, so I'm just going to do what I know. This goes to what he knows, right? He knows how to be the ruler of the tomb of Nazarick, so he's like, okay, well, for the time being, until I get this thing figured out, you do this, you do this, you do this, right? And then that's pretty much where we're introduced to the um, to the to the uh, NPCs, the big ones: uh, Demiurge, the demon; Albedo, the leader of the Guardians; Kokaitis, the ultimate warrior; uh, Victim, Gargantua. I can go on and on. Shoutir, um, you know, the, uh, Nave. Um, these are all NPCs that basically work for Ainz, that are 100% loyal to Ainz. Or are they? Oh, yeah. We'll go, over each, we'll go over each of these characters in future episodes. There's a lot of them, and they're all pretty freaking interesting. Interesting, especially Demiurge. He's a sick bastard. So <laughs> definitely got to definitely do an episode on him. But we're talking about Ainz right now. Um, they're all loyal to him. Now, see, it's, it's, so what you got to understand is that it, when you're when you have NPCs, NPC teammates, right? You know to a fault they're loyal to you, right? You know that it's in the programming. But when the game became real, right? It was it was difficult for him to process hearing that out loud, right? Because remember this: when the game was still a game, right? He was really never minding the NPCs. He he cared about them. Don't get me wrong. He cared about them, and he took an interest in how they were created. Right? They, that's just good leadership, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Um, but most of the time, you know, he really never never minded them, right? So it's different now that the game has be apparently has become real because now he he has to take into account what they think and. I noticed this somehow the things the, the the NPC's admiration of the tomb itself, the tomb of Nazarick and the creators that created them, they all knew that Ainz was the leader. Mamonga, as he was called at the time, was the leader of the group. He was the leader of the creators, right? Of their creators. So they automatically had these glowing like just glowing thoughts about him. Like they love this man, like to to a fault, right? And it, it it freaks him out a little. But I mean, hey, if the shoe fits, I mean, <laughs> if the shoe fits, wear a pimp. I mean, you know, who's who's gonna argue? You know, I, I'm not gonna argue, right? So basically, he, you know asked them I, there was an interesting part in this uh, interesting part in the show where he asked them um you know what do 
what am I to you? And this, and this wasn't this wasn't for his ego. He really wanted to know what they what he was to them, how they saw him. One because he knew they weren't gonna lie to him, and two because um, you know he wanted to see if the way they were made matched up to the matched up to how they were now that they didn't now that they're not being controlled by the system right now that they have pretty much a free will and so yeah they have they all have a glaring reviews of him they think he's just they think he's just the best <laughs> they think he's so cute i'm joking but well, well, two Shaltier and Albedo are pretty much in love with him, basically. Um, but Albedo, that's that's his fault. He messed with her programming. Um, but uh, either way, all right. Let's go through some of the things that he's he's done <laughs> so, so far. Um, he saved a village, the same village, twice. And killed powerful uh, magic casters. Uh, well, they were powerful. They weren't more powerful than him. Um, killed magic uh, magic casters um, in a very cocky way, by the way. But you know, hey, they were assholes, so I don't really feel bad for them. Um, he was able to successfully change his uh, class to warrior. What, like I said, that's a that's a spell he has called Perfect Warrior. Um, and and and, and a, I'm pretty sure it's another spell too. But he. Um, successfully infiltrated a village and became the highest um great warrior in said village of the warriors guild he defeated thousands of undead defeated a basilisk he was able to set up a way to get the tomb uh limit not limitless but um a bunch of resources um unfortunately that did involve kidnapping humans but but i mean hey potato per kidnap okay so but this ties all into this ties all into what you guys have to remember is that he's an undead right um there are still traces of his humanity left um and I, I, this isn't this is shown um when after after um the secret uh the secret mission that he uh, sends Demiurge on. Basically, he, he wants Demiurge to... Demiurge is, is, a, is a former NPC uh, guardian of the ninth floor, I believe? Eighth and ninth? Maybe. Ninth. I, I'm not sure. Um, uh, but basically, he makes him become a... He makes him uh, become an antagonist to... Uh, Lord Ainz's, uh other person that he's betraying, uh, Lord Momon, which he uses, which is a warrior of the kingdom, right? And so basically what happens is this is to build up the, the reputation of Momon. It's all for that, that, uh, that, that purpose. <laughs> and it's also to get them resources. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that we got to, we got to understand. You guys got to understand about uh, Lord Ainz. His MPs, his guardians have such glaring reviews of him that even when he messes up or overthinks something, they think that is genius because they think it was a part of his plan because he was. They think he was either teaching them a lesson or because he was leaving. He was leaving it up to them to figure out, and <laughs> and that's one of the 
funny that's one of like the comical things that we see in the show right because it happens over and over again there are times when you know um they're thinking like oh so that's why you did it you wanted us to do this or you wanted us to see this and he's like wait what no like he's saying this to himself he's not saying it to them he's saying like he's like what no i was i wasn't trying to do that i was just trying to do this or i was just trying to do this or i hadn't even thought about that but that's not what's coming out of his mouth what's coming out of his mouth is yep you're absolutely right that's exactly what i was planning on doing <laughs> and that's good leadership too because you don't want the you don't want your the people that follow you to think you're an idiot so they're not going to follow you who wants to follow an idiot nobody right so that that's a that's a funny that's a funny thing um, in the show, but but a crucial a crucial another crucial aspect of something that we see happens to the to the um, Ironsville Dawn character is that um, is the lack of emotion due to being an undead because um, and this all strives into this all goes into the resources that they you know they have the tomb has plenty of resources but it's not infinite right this isn't a video game anymore. This is the real world, so the, the, a, 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 a real-ish type world. So now they need to find resources. They need parchment for spells. They need this. They need that. So basically, um, I believe in the in in the game and in the real world, um, uh, spells are made from parchment, and the, depending on the material that the parchment um, is made from, the more higher tier spells that you can make. And so, basically, <laughs> he allows Demiurge to um, kidnap and experiment on humans, and not in a good way, trust me. Um, and this causes this causes a semi-internal conflict in him because he knows that he's he knows that hey, I'm not really un dead i'm an actual human person but i can't get out of this world that we're in right now so technically while i'm here i am undead and that is affecting my emotions so while i do care about what's going on i don't even know if any of this shit is real so at the end of the day i really don't care right so it, it's 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 a it's it's a hard thing for him to process. So the best thing he can do is basically like, look, look, look. If you're gonna kidnap humans, you're gonna kidnap humans. Fine. If it's for the if it's for the good of the tomb and Nazarene, I don't care. That's all good. But if they haven't done anything bad, like if they're not killers, murderers, etc., don't torture them. Just give them a, give them a clean, give them a clean smack cousin his head he out of there and and we're done right and then do whatever you're gonna do with them i don't want them to be alive when you're experimenting on them right and i mean <laughs> i mean that's guys that's, that's still effed up right but it's but it's really as merciful as you can be in this situation right because you i mean you need resources right and and your gold the the, the millions of gold that you have in the in the treasury, that's no that's no longer good because that was currency from Yggdrasil. That can't that's not gonna buy you anything here. Right? Even the potions are different, right? 
the, the potions aren't from like the ones from the video game those are made of just pure magic these you actually have to manure in the world that they get transferred to you actually have to manufacture a potion so basically all of these things that are different from the video game to the to the um from the video game to the to the world that they get transferred to are different the only thing that really is the same is that you can use items um, you can use items that have been crafted or made um, through magic. You can, there are, the tiers are still a thing, right? So first tier being the weakest, um, ninth tier, you know, and above, um, tenth, ninth, tenth, whatever, um, being the strongest. The higher the tier, the, the higher the spell. And most most uh, beings in that world, the world that they get transferred to, really can't get above fifth, fourth tier, third or fourth tier magic, basically. Um, only the really special ones can get up to fifth tier magic, right? But everybody, pretty much, it seems to me, everybody in the tomb can use above fifth tier magic, which makes them, you know, basically goonish level. Um, and that speaks to, and that speaks to Lord Eye's character, decision making, right? Decision making, because could could all of this? What's the likelihood of there being? What's the likelihood of there being um, characters as powerful as them or possibly other players in the world that they were transferred to? Very small, but it's still a possibility. And as long as it's still a possibility, you have to move carefully. You can't move recklessly. And I think that that actually plays into... As we, as you go along in the show or the manga, if you're reading it from from the start, you you start to see why he was chosen as the leader. His decision making is top notch. He's very good at governability. He's uh, very good at um, assessing, and this is the big one. He's very good at assessing a situation before he jumps into it, and and basically you know not ruling anything out and that's that's what you need from a ruler sorry I have to take a sip because I'm going to tell you right now it's the things you don't it's the things you don't account for are the things that come and bite you in the ass and and that's one of the things that he realizes so he's not even gonna let that that's not even gonna happen sorry why is it that lord irons has chosen to involve himself fully in this experienced instead of realizing instead of and, and I, maybe and i think he does realize it but instead of trying to figure out a way to get home right to get out of the game he's a human being he needs to eat he needs to sleep he has to live he got to pay rent right these are real responsibilities that he has in the real world right so he can't stay in the game forever right He's not, but he doesn't act like it though. He acts like he can stay in the game forever. Why? Why? It's simple. Because as I stated before, the game is where he has the most passion. The game is where he's somebody. 
in the real world, he feels like he's nobody. But in the game, he's he he, he was top notch, top tier. You know, you kind of see it and you hear about it from, uh, you kind of see a similar thing, a, a similar thing in, in real life that I can equate it to is, you know, because um, I've, and I only say this because, you know, I've actually heard, um, you know, people talk about this is when you talk about um, uh, former convicts, right? When they come home from prison. In, in the prison, they were a big shot. A big shot but when they came home not so much right and it it could it could give you this false sense of security where maybe maybe because i got to the top spot in prison maybe that's where i belong and it can cause you to completely disregard all the crappy stuff about prison right it's a bit of an extreme example but it but it, it kind of relates here follow me right Follow me here. It kind of relates here. In the game, he's the most powerful character. He's the most powerful magic caster. Period. There's none more powerful than him. He and he own. He's the leader of the most powerful group in a group that has never been defeated once they got their, you know, stuff together. Why would you want to let go of that? Exactly. He doesn't want to. He's an anime Batman. <laughs> Essentially. I know I bring up Batman a lot on this podcast. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I've seen a lot of Batman. Okay. So of y'all. So don't judge me. Shut up. Um, but like, you know, it's easier for him to be in this world because he feels like this world is where he's truly being who he is. And this is where he's had success. And we've all, we've all had a feeling like that when, when there's something we're really good at. Come on, y'all. When there's something we're really good at, it's hard to not want to do that. Right? Uh, the only time I've seen a situation where you don't want to do what you're really good at is if you were forced into doing that. Right? What I like about... What I like about... Iron Zoo and the in the in the in the um the anime as a whole is that he's learning. Even as the leader, right? It's different from taking over it's different from from beating and ruling a tomb to rule to ruling the world, right? Because the NPCs, his NPCs, his guardians kind of kind of brought on this idea that he didn't even have of basically saying, Oh, so you wanna so you wanna rule the world? Yeah, we can help you with this. He's like, whoa, 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 Pim. Whoa. I never said I wanted to rule the world. But now that you think about it, I mean, I just say it. I mean, while I'm stuck here, <laughs> I guess it wouldn't be a bad thing to rule the world. I mean, who knows? I mean, uh, maybe there aren't. Maybe there aren't, uh, you know, magic casters as powerful as me as powerful as us maybe maybe there is nobody in this world that's better than us you know who knows and 
the reason why I love this anime is because um, I'm a big fan of the singularity. I talked to my wife about it. Um, I've talked to my wife about it numerous times. Um, you know, how if we were able to um, upload our consciousness into a virtual reality and live there um, after death, I would probably give it a shot. Look, say what you want. I don't care. I'd, I'd probably give it a shot. Seemed like seemed like it'd be cool. Um, but you know, we basically that relates that relates to you know video games and as such the video game system that seems to exist in the world of the Overlord anime. Um, oh, damn it, where was I going with this? <laughs> I got sidetracked. Okay, but but uh, basically, you know. These are real life situations, and people go through like it's not so much. Obviously, people don't get stuck in a video game, but at the but what I'm trying to say is the mindset, people. The mindset. This is all I have. I'm good at this. I rule it. I own it. Let me be me. That's real. That's definitely real. I've seen it. You've seen it. We've seen it, right? In, in, in our friends, and our family, we've seen it. It doesn't have to limit itself to video games, right? It could be in sports, right? And philanthropy, about hell, volunteering, you know? I've, I've, I've literally seen people that are addi addicted to volunteering. Like, literally, addicted to volunteering. And Imes is addicted to being himself in this game, as he exists in this game, instead of himself as he exists in real life. Now, I don't want y'all to see this. I don't want y'all to see this as a. I don't want y'all to see this as a situation where it's like, oh no, he's just making an excuse. You know, oh my life's too hard. The game is easy. No, 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 no. The game was not the game is not easy it took time for him to get that powerful it took time for them to get that powerful that took a lot of work and a lot of effort years people years dedication once again pto hell to the no i am not using my pto on no video game but they did right no sacrifice no victory right and they did it they became the best he became the best think about all the blood the sweat the tears the dedication the time off that you took the the time that it took to craft these weapons to make sure that everything about this tomb was as goonish and as beasty as it can be and you want to go back to real life for what for what so you can go work in the factory make just enough money to get to to pay your rent and live but here you have everything? No. I'm just taking you through Lord Ives' mindset, right? It's like, no. I'd rather stick it out right here. I'd rather stick it out right here. I'd rather be the best here. Who knows? 
uh, who knows where where this uh, anime is going. I'm loving every second of it. I'm loving every minute of it. I'm loving the manga as well. Um, I think that uh, I, I can't see it. Honestly, guys, I can't see it going too much longer. Um, I think that either he's going to get defeated by a powerful enemy and that's going to be his way out of the game or, um, you know, he's just going to rule forever and stay in the game and then we'll see what we'll see uh they'll show us what's actually happened to his actual like real body and what but yeah basically what happened um and we'll, we'll see what happened with that um but with that being said ladies and gentlemen we have reached the smooth hour of the podcast Dimitri Stark is in his smooth bag telling you that we have reached the end of episode 21 Ainz Ulgon greatest overlord ever I think that's the title I don't know I'll decide later <laughs> but with that being said I hope you guys have a great day I hope you guys have a great uh, you know uh, rest of your week a great productive week um, if you guys have any comments about the show if you like the episode if you didn't like the episode uh, feel free to comment below uh, let me know what you thought um, if you have an idea of a hero that you want to see I believe next week is let me check real quick check my phone one second okay so next week is marvel week so if you have a a hero that uh you would like me to cover um, please let me know ahead of time so that I can um, start doing research if I have not heard of him or her and um, I can provide you with a quality episode as I usually do <laughs> you know but uh, <laughs> sorry being cocky anyways um, but with that being said uh, once again I hope you guys have a great week uh, subscribe at you know the usual usual and I will see you same time next week peace